This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Interesting that they're making fun of Cam, yet Canty and Carlin not on their own show today. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I'm Gabe Neitzel. She's Courtney Cronin. We've been in all day for the guys here on Canty and Carlin. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Feels like it should be a little bit of a downtime for the NBA right now. Just had the All-Star celebration, All-Star Saturday night, the All-Star game last night, games resuming later this week. But Adrian Wojnarowski, of course, Dropping Woj bombs because that's what he does. More recently, uh, he's got a story up on ESPN.com about Myers Leonard returning to the NBA on a 10-day deal with the Milwaukee Bucks. Also tweeting out less than five minutes ago that the Bulls are nearing a deal to sign free agent guard Patrick Beverly, who was bought out uh, after being traded around the trade deadline. So plenty of things that he is reporting, including that Russell Westbrook earlier today is getting set to join the Clippers as his contract is in the process of being bought out after being traded from the Lakers to the Utah Jazz. Rustbrook actually going to be staying in Los Angeles playing for the other team that plays there with the Clippers. He's going to be getting back together with Paul George, who he had uh, they had played together in Oklahoma City. Uh, he is going to a place that, according to this Woj report, he's going to have a very specific role, Courtney, and, and they seem to have a plan for Westbrook to play alongside Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Does Westbrook going to the Clippers, does that change your mind about their potential of competing for a championship this season? I think they were already a deep playoff contender. They're fourth right now in the West, and they're not fraudulent like the Sacramento Kings, a team that's won above them at three in the West. They have a good core and a healthy core. They're 10-4 and four in the last month. Paul George is healthy. Kawhi Leonard is healthy. Now, will there be load management issues? Who knows? But everything's trending in the right direction for this Clippers team. So in bringing Russell Westbrook to Los Angeles, the other side of Los Angeles, well, same side of Los Angeles, the other side of the building, uh, in Crypto.com <laughs> Arena, whatever they call it. He has to have a specific role that does not include be a superstar because I know that he probably still thinks he can be that guy, but if he can flush out a role that is, you know, the leader of the second unit and being the guy that can command the bench, that is a perfect fit for him. The only question I have here, because I actually don't mind the fit. I know it's gotten a lot of criticism today. I think that if he can buy into that, buy into a lesser role than what he was used to, because remember like earlier in the season, he was complaining about his hamstrings and everything because his warm-up routine changed because he was coming off the bench. Now that you know, if you're Russell Westbrook, hey, this is the role I'm going to have to play at this point of my career on the other side of 30 if I want to stay in the NBA – if you can buy into that and have the belief that this is a viable role for me, I can win another championship or at least attempt to, then I think he bought a second lease on his career and a second lease on his life to a degree in the NBA. Is he willing to do that, though? Because the Lakers kind of tried to put him into that spot. And I get it. After opting into a $47 million player option, I wouldn't want to sit on the bench either. But... It does make sense from the way that this roster is constructed, the moves that they also made at the trade deadline, Eric Gordon, Bones Highland. Like, where does it? Where does Russ fit into this roster? It's not in a starter's role. I don't believe it is, and I believe that he can make an impact with the second unit. Well, somebody who agrees with you and thinks he can be an impact and a good fit with the Clippers, Kendrick Perkins, he was on 
Canty and Carlin earlier today, not only to discuss all things NBA, but of course he's got a book coming out called The Education of Kendrick Perkins. It's going to be available tomorrow. But he had this to say about Russell Westbrook on the Clippers. I think it's going to be great. And I think it's going to be great for Russ because he's actually going to have a coach that's proven that can actually look him in the eyes and challenge him. And Russ has no choice but to respect it. And I think that's what's going to be good for Russ. Also, on top of that, I think Russ knows this. He's auditioning right now. And I'm not talking about auditioning for another contract. I'm talking about he's auditioning to save the rest of his career. Guys want to know, can he be a guy that's not going to be, one, a headache in the locker room, two, go be able to buy into a lesser role, and three, go be a guy that you could put on the team that could actually be a championship contender. So right now he has an opportunity to show the world that he's capable of being that guy. And so I think it's going to help the Clippers. I think it's an upgrade from what they had. So with the West being wide open right now, with the depth the Clippers already got, this was a hell of a pickup by them. And I don't know if, if, if Perk was really taking a shot at Darvin Ham, who's the coach of the Lakers, but he's a first-year head coach trying to figure it out. Going to a coach that has won an NBA Finals and won a championship, and they're going to have a clear plan where, again, it just kind of seemed they were trying to figure out a way to make it work in Los Angeles with the Lakers beforehand. But now with the Clippers, if they have that specific plan, I'm excited to see it. Because if Russell Westbrook is willing to accept that role coming off that bench and being more of a veteran leader, the one thing I've always enjoyed about watching Russ is he's got one gear. And that's mm-hmm. to play hard, and that is just to go. And if they have a plan for him to go five minutes at a time and play 10 to 15 minutes and just really bring that energy with the second unit, I, I'm, I'm with Perk. I think this can really work for the Clippers and work for them as they're trying to push for that championship since they've, and they really haven't been able to do that since they acquired Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Well, they don't have a true point guard. The John Wall experiment, it, it sucks how that whole thing ended. It's sad. I wanted it to work. I oh, really yeah. did. Like, I wanted did. him to not end his season like he has the last couple of years getting bought out. Like it just it's not it's not fair to, to him and to where he is at this career that that's the way that things keep trending here. But there's mitigating circumstances that, you know, are at play here. They don't have that traditional point guard. I don't know if that means, hey, go ahead and make Russ that guy immediately. Do it right now. I think that you can work him in. Maybe he'll start out of necessity, down towards the end of the season as they're making a playoff push. But right now, I think that they're in a good spot to give him a depth role and not have him man that traditional point guard spot. They've been okay with their rotation that they have. You know, Terrence Mann in the starting lineup as that quote-unquote point guard, along with George, Leonard, Marcus Morris, Avika Zubak. Like, all of those players right now make up the core of this team. The acquisitions that they made in addition to that five that they have, I think are what is going to help this team because you need to have depth in the postseason. Having that on your bench, um, that's important, and that'll be good, I think, for them as they get going. Well, you can't have the six-point lead turn into a two-point deficit when you put Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on the bench, which is why I think they've made the moves that they've made. And if they have Russell Westbrook as that leader coming off the bench, the Clippers in the West, as stacked as the West can be, to me, the Clippers are going to be in a pretty good spot. Now, they still have to continue to play great basketball, and the way it works when you buy, you know, when you're picking up one of these guys that had his contract bought out, 
you only have you know 20 or so games to try to make this all work. And I think that there's going to be an advantage there, the fact that he does have the relationship with Paul George. The fact that Paul George played really well with Russell Westbrook when they were both in OKC. I think that could work in their favor in terms of getting him and getting him up to speed as soon as he gets to Los Angeles with the Clippers once this thing becomes finalized. It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Gabe Nigel, Courtney Cronin in for the guys today. And with the NBA, we coming off the weekend, All-Star Saturday night, All-Star game last night, and plenty of players and the commissioner and Adam Silver all doing some talking. And Kyrie, KD, coming off of a situation in Brooklyn that did not end well. And when the trades were all finalized and it all happened, we talked about that potentially being the biggest failure in terms of a big three in NBA history because Kyrie, KD, James Harden, they made it to a conference semifinals. That was it. And they're trying to more or less defend themselves and talk about why they thought it was a good thing that they were able to force their way out of Brooklyn. And here's what KD had to say in a press conference about these trades and whether or not they're bad for the NBA. I don't think it's bad for the league. It's bringing more eyes to the league. More people are more excited. The tweets that I got and the, 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 the news hits that we got from me being traded, Kyrie being traded, just bring more attention to the league and that's really what makes you money is when you get more attention so um i think it's great for the league to be honest team's been trading players and making acquisitions for a long time now when a player can you know uh kind of dictate where he wants to go and leaving free agency or demand a trade it's just part of the game now so i don't think it's a bad thing it's bringing more and more excitement um, to the game Well, it's bringing excitement to one franchise, Courtney. It's bringing excitement to the Phoenix Suns because, of course, they're thrilled that they've got Kevin Durant and they think they can make a push to get back to the finals where they were a couple of seasons ago. But what about the franchise that you and Kyrie just decimated and left in ruins to just completely rebuild and start over from scratch? there, There are two sides to this. Yes, there's excitement on one side, there's also a franchise that was just less devastated, a franchise that thought that they're going to compete for champion, not just one, but multiple championships. Yeah, he kept mentioning money. Like, oh, it's so great for the bottom line. Like, Kevin, why do you care about the bottom line in the NBA? You care about your own pockets, and that makes sense. But let's not act like, oh, like, look, we were going out of our way to make money for the NBA. Like, I don't know. They should be thanking us. Like, that came across as so disingenuous, Gabe, where he got what he wanted in the end. This was not one, but two trade requests for himself that he put in. Remember the first one, he rescinded because there was no matching offer back last July. And now he ends up in a place where he can actually go contend for a championship. I have nothing wrong with players who want to take, you know, their career by the horns and drive it in the direction where they can play with the guys that they want to play with, they can be in good situations, and go contend for titles. It's all the ancillary nonsense that surrounded this Brooklyn Nets team that ended in an experiment which was an utter failure that we don't want to see take place again. Now, I know that Adam Silver had mentioned he has no issue with trade requests, he just doesn't want them to be done publicly. Well, you can't get any more public than what Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving did. They created a sideshow that became became the Brooklyn Nets. What are we going to think of of the Nets like the next five years? We're going to think of what never was. And that's because of these two and because of the way in which they handled it. Had had it been different where 
the trade request comes in and it goes around, it goes about quietly. Team decides they don't want to trade him. Maybe it gets out at some point. That's one scenario. But the way that this thing was handled throughout the summer and then just how toxic everything got, like that's what you want to avoid if you're the NBA where players, you know, create circuses surrounding their own trade requests. And if they don't get out, then they throw a fit about it. Yeah, the, the toxicity that I think goes with the Nets is the thing that you're going to think about, about how it didn't work. I mean, how quickly did James Harden get out of Dodge? And now James Harden looks like the smart one for getting out of Dodge as quickly as he did after forcing his way to there from Houston. And now he's with the 76ers, and he's in a good spot, and, and all these guys are in a much better spot potentially than they were in Brooklyn. When, when guys ask for trades, you know, it's all about the way you handle it. I think... I understand the point that KD is trying to make in that, especially during Super Week, everything going on around the Super Bowl and the two weeks that happen in between the NFC and AFC Championship games and the Super Bowl, and the NBA stole a day from the NFL because of all the excitement that was happening around the trade deadline. So I understand the excitement and and people talking about the NBA is going to be a good thing. But there's got to be a better way than just completely making a toxic mess out of the situation you're currently in to try to force yourself into a better situation. I think it comes down to the likability of the player too, right? Kyrie Irving has been a pariah throughout his career. There are people who are, you know, staunch supporters and others who cannot stand him. There's organizations that say we wipe our hands of Kyrie Irving. We want nothing to do with him, whether it's Cleveland, Boston, Brooklyn. Hopefully it's not going to be Dallas by the time this new experiment ends. But just the way that that thing was handled. And it's not that you can blame Kyrie Irving for at the trade deadline taking advantage of his leverage and saying, hey, trade me now. You can't probably not going to get more from me now than you are at any other point. Otherwise you're letting me walk for free in the, in the summer. It's just the behavior that was happening before that and taking, you know, his own leave of absences that were not cleared by the team. And, you know, the the basketball being so secondary, like if you have somebody who like a Giannis, I've used this example before, If Giannis ends up winning another title with Milwaukee and then puts in a trade request, says, look, I love you, Milwaukee. I love the fans. I'm so glad I brought a championship, if you know, multiple championships to the city. But I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to go to a, you know, he doesn't have to say it, like, because I think some people would get upset if he made, like, I need a big market. You know, I don't want to be in the small market team anymore. Whatever the reason, he's a likable figure. He's a relatable figure. He's one of the faces of the NBA. I don't think people would be as upset with a trade request like that Because you're dealing with somebody who is a nice guy, as far as we know, a very, very nice human being who is not not a jerk behind the scenes, not ripping apart locker rooms, not doing things that are deemed selfish. I think you can get behind those. What Adam Silver, though, is saying, Gabe, is that he just doesn't want this to become the norm where everyone is asking out of their contracts. Like you still, at the end of the day, teams are signing guys to like what Kyrie had signed in 2019, a $200 million max contract. Like you got to honor that. If you want, if you want that sort of money again, you have to honor the length of that unless there are mitigating circumstances that should be really the, the only, like the last possible resort before guys are, are able to exercise that option. Yeah, and again, I think the Giannis example is a fantastic example because I think most people would be just disappointed with that. Whereas instead of kind of looking, you know, 
look, looking a little sideways at you know Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving going, well, if that was a toxic situation. I had to get out of it. You, cr- you created that situation, and then you just decided to leave. There has to be a right and wrong way to do this. Brian Windhorst, ESPN senior NBA writer on First Take earlier today, he answered the question, is KD and Kyrie requesting trades? Is that good for the league? When Kevin Durant talks about it being good for the league, I'm not so sure that, trans, that you know, generating news for transactions is good for the product of the league. I think what's good for the product of the league is good basketball on the floor, that people can spend their winter when they're locked inside watching, and that they want to spend their spring and summer when they could go outside, they want to watch it. Now, the league could push back and say, well, look at the media rights and look at we're about to do a new TV deal in another year or two, and there's people lining up to try to bid for it, and they would say people still want it. And that would support Kevin Durant's assertion. But I would say that just creating social media trending topics isn't necessarily equal to being good business for the NBA. And I would agree with that, Courtney. And not to completely defend Kevin Durant and what he said, but the Western Conference with KD in Phoenix and Kyrie in Dallas, the Western Conference playoffs, starting with round one, you can't miss it. It's going to be exciting. It was already pretty deep, and then it just got deeper with the addition of those two to the other. Now, now the East is, you know, maybe start watching during the conference semifinals because Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly seem to be the only three teams that can compete for a championship in the East. But the West, I mean, there are six, seven teams I think you can make a case for potentially representing the West in the finals, and that makes that, you just can't miss it once they start the playoffs in 22-23 games. Yeah, that, that parody is good, but it comes at the expense of what does the other side of the NBA look like, the other conference. Like the East is weaker. The, NBA, the, uh, the NBA's Western Conference has anywhere from, you know, if, you, if we just played this game a little bit ago, like how many contenders, how many pretenders? There could be six contenders, whereas it feels like there's two and a half in the East. So it's the balance of power that I think the NBA is trying to protect, too, where they don't want one conference to be the super conference and the other to lack in terms of viability for winning a championship. That's probably why they want to put the clamp down on this, because what was Adam Silver saying? It's okay if this stuff happens behind closed doors, because some teams will realize, nah, like this is not good for our business. We're not going to trade you despite what the player thinks and despite what the player wants. Yeah, we, we've seen that plenty of times. I mean, even Kobe Bryant once made a trade demand and the Lakers didn't meet it, and he ended up staying with the Lakers for his entire career, which, again, still seems to be a more and more rarity as we continue in not just basketball, but in just about any sport. Speaking of that, coming up next, Cheesehead to Cheesecake Part 2 or... Should the Jets sign Derek Carr ASAP? We're going to discuss that coming up next. Right here on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, in the ESPN app. The ACC Men's Basketball Tournament. The Big 12 Men's Semifinals and Championship. The madness is coming. Hear them both right here on ESPN Radio. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on your smart speaker. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. NBA news happening today, but the NFL always has something going on, even with the franchise tag window opening tomorrow. It's Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Series 6M, Channel 80. I'm Gabe Neitzel. She's Courtney Cronin as we fill in for the guys today. And ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. And quarterbacks rule all, and we were having a quarterback discussion, mostly around Lamar Jackson earlier today with Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider, and there are a lot of teams looking for quarterbacks. One of those teams, the New York Jets, seemingly were ready to make the postseason this past season, uh, but lost their last six games after starting seven and four to finish seven and ten. And they uh, on the outside looking into the postseason because they couldn't get good quarterback play out of Zach Wilson because they couldn't get good quarterback play out of Joe Flacco when they had to start him at the end of the season. So they're on in on the quarterback market, and one of those guys we we don't know if he's even available to talk to right now. Aaron Rodgers may still be on his four day darkness retreat where he has no lights, no sound, no nothing for four days. So the Jets decided to still do their due diligence and have Derek Carr come in and do the interviews with him since he has been released from the Las Vegas Raiders. If you are the Jets, Courtney, are you awaiting around Rodgers or do you try to jump ahead of everybody else and secure Derek Carr so you don't have any questions about the quarterback position heading into free agency in the month of March. Unless you are dead sure that Derek Carr is the answer to all of your problems, you wait this thing out. I mean, it's a leverage play here where you don't want to play into the hand of Derek Carr and be like, please, we need you, because then he's going to say, $40 million a year. That's my starting point. (laughs) And I just don't think that that's the hole that you want to dig yourself into. You wait to see if Aaron Rodgers, who didn't have a great season last year, like it's not that much more of an upgrade currently over Derek Carr, but if that is your top option, if you're the New York Jets, you wait to make sure that you could at least exhaust that option. You look to try to schedule a free agent visit with Jimmy Garoppolo. I would try to get in on all of the bigger name tier one free agents like Garoppolo, Carr, which they already did, and Aaron Rodgers, before you make any sort of decision. They're not going to draft a quarterback. They're not going to try to get in on the market uh, in April. They need to do it, I wouldn't say, like, you know, too much later, probably about a month from now, because free agency starts right around the 15th, 16th of March. You want to have a deal in place. You want to have your free agent visits done at that point so you can have the first bite at the apple. And if it's not Derek Carr, if it is Aaron Rodgers, or if it's not either of those two and it is Jimmy Garoppolo, you're in a much better situation than where you would have been having just stuck with Mike White and Zach Wilson. So either way, they're going to have them they're going to have a very busy month here. I just think that once Rodgers comes back from his retreat, 
you need to make sure that you have something, you know, start those conversations with the Green Bay Packers because he's not even available right now. Like that is to say, like if he ends up leaving the Green Bay Packers and saying, I want out, please trade me because he's still under contract. Yeah, and there were reports that the Jets already reached out to the Packers to try to at least start those conversations, but the Packers are still waiting on an answer from Rodgers of whether or not he's even going to play in 2023. I I think I would just, I would focus in on Carr. I I just don't know if I'd be willing to give up the money and the draft pick or picks that would be necessary to get Aaron Rodgers on my team because this is is somebody who I I thought, and I, I guess I foolishly thought, that the questions of is he going to retire were answered last offseason when he signed the current three-year deal that he's under right now. But he's taking this year to year. So if you trade for Aaron Rodgers, you have to assume that it's only going to be for a year, and if you're lucky, you're going to get him for two. And what are you going to give up for that? Is is it worth it if you're the Jets to go after Aaron Rodgers for one year or to have somebody like Carr or Garoppolo where, yeah, maybe they're not as good, but at least you're going to have multiple swings at trying to chase down a championship with that guy at quarterback when that's not Aaron Rodgers. And they, the other question... They absolutely I, have to consider all of those things. I mean, yes. you think of... And when we were talking with Mike Tannenbaum earlier, and he brought up the trade that the Jets made for Brett Favre under his watch, you know, that was for a third-round pick and a few other things. Like, I just don't think, if you're the Jets, you're given multiple firsts up for Aaron Rodgers. And I know that, that seems crazy when you say it in a vacuum, but let's think about where he is in his career. Let's think about what you just said. Is he going to play more than one season? Are you getting him as a, more or less a one-year rental and then he's going to end up retiring or going to do something else? Like, There's just so many uncertainties, and you know it's not for the long haul, so your draft, you know, you, your, your return can't reflect something that would be for the long haul. And the other thing about Rodgers is he has not participated in the Packers offseason programs for the last two seasons. Well, in three, but they, nobody really had anything during 2020. But Rodgers has skipped him the last couple of seasons. Didn't think that they were necessary for him. And Granted, he won an MVP after the 2021 season, but then you saw what happened last year when he didn't have as many familiar faces with him, and he still, the only thing he showed up for was the mandatory minicamp. So if you're the Jets, if you're the Raiders, if you're a team looking to acquire Rodgers, that's the other thing you have to then sell Rodgers on, is... Hey, you got to show up for our off-season stuff. If you are going to be here, you have to be all in with us, learning this offense, learning the little intricacies of the different pass catchers that you're going to be working with for the first time this year. And that is going to be another tough sell for a team like the Jets trying to get Rodgers in. And I just think, like, is he that stuck in his ways where he won't alter things? I do believe that he's learned no from his mistakes. At least you'd like to think he did considering how this past season played out. Things have to be different. And if you're going to a new team, Gabe, you cannot not show up for OTAs. You cannot not be there for the entirety of the offseason program because you're coming to their turf now. You may be the chosen one. You may be somebody they're expecting to help take this team over the hump, but you're still going on their turf. They have to earn your respect, and you've got to earn their respect. You've got more people whose respect you need to earn than than they do. So, like, I just – I hope that Rodgers has considered all of this. I'm sure he had the time to do it on his darkness retreat. But at this point, if he's not willing to do that, he needs to just either stay in Green Bay and continue to run the show, but doesn't sound like they want him there. Yeah, or or him running the show. It's – 
probably going to play out sooner rather than later when it comes to Rodgers because free agency, as you mentioned earlier, Courtney, it's going to be here before you know it. And Rodgers, one of these days early this week, presumably, is going to be coming out of that darkness retreat. And he has mentioned that after that was over, he would likely have an answer for the Packers on whether or not, A, he wanted to play in 2023, and then it's up to the team and Rodgers to figure out if he's actually going to be playing in Green Bay. Coming up next, a three-point conversion and a fourth and 15 onside kick conversion. If you're very confused about what I'm saying, we're going to explain that and a couple other things. Coming up next, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App Series XM, Channel 80. No Cantino Carlin today. She's Courtney Cronin. I'm Gabe Neitzel as we fill in for the guys. And uh, before we get out of here, do want to let you know uh, that you can help people uh, in areas affected by the Turkey earthquake, including Turkey and Syria. Visit Please visit redcross.org slash ESPN to help the Red Cross respond. You can make a difference in the lives of people in areas impacted by the Turkey earthquake, including Turkey and uh, Syria. Your donation enables the Red Cross to respond to to respond to and help people recover from this disaster and will provide humanitarian relief such as food, water, hygiene supplies, emergency shelter, and medical care. We're now going to head before we get out of here to three and out. Sometimes it's the worst. Worst. Sometimes it's the best. Best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is... Three and out. And we start, Courtney, with a little bit more of a somber story on three and out as uh, Jonathan Taves, uh, Blackhawks captain, has announced Sunday he's dealing with symptoms of long COVID-19 chronic immune response syndrome. Uh, He's 34, hasn't played since January 28th. He was placed on injured reserve on Wednesday. that uh, back on January 28th with what they said was a non-COVID-19 related illness. Uh, In a statement released by the team, Tave said, it's been really challenging to play through these symptoms in the last few weeks. has reached the point where I had no choice but to step back and concentrate on getting healthy. I'm thankful for the patience and support of my teammates, the coaching staff, and the entire Blackhawks organization. Blackhawks, by the way, have also said they are not going to trade Taves before the trading deadline uh, because of the uncertainty with his health. It seems like everybody is playing this the right way with 
within the Blackhawks organization and Taves himself. Yeah, the the questions around Jonathan Taves, like dating back to you know earlier this season, like how much longer is he going to play hockey? He's thirty four years old. Is he going to get traded ahead of the deadline? Could he resign next year? Return next season? Finish his career in Chicago? Like none of that matters. Let's not forget. He had COVID-19. He missed the entire 2020-2021 season in in its entirety when he was dealing with this before. Now, we know that this long haulers COVID situation that he's currently dealing with is one that, you know, he put a statement out talking about, you know, the respiratory effects that he is dealing with right now. It's really difficult, and it just shows you, I think, how serious this disease still is, even though it does feel like we have it somewhat under control because you're not seeing cases ramp up during the winter months the way that we did maybe last year, certainly the year before. And I just, for someone who's 34 years old in peak physical condition, the captain of this Blackhawks team, won three Stanley Cups with this team. It shows you that like no one's invincible, no matter what you think, no one is invincible here. And I, you know, I really I really feel for him here because he's already had to miss an entire season of hockey dealing with this and now there's this indefinite waiting period like just for him to try to get better. Yeah, it's and again, the scary part is is that there are going to be people that we don't know the long-term effects of COVID-19 because well the- it hasn't been around for that long, so you can't know the long-term ramifications for it, and, and obviously Taves is fighting through it. You hope he gets better. You hope he gets healthy, not even just from a hockey standpoint, just from a personal standpoint uh, because of everything that he has meant to that organization. Uh, story number two today, the Indianapolis Colts. They have, uh, expect, they're expected to name NFL assistant Jim Bob Cooter. As the team's new offensive coordinator, sources told that to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler on Monday, Cooter is 38 years old, already had one crack at being an offensive coordinator with the um, with the Detroit Lions. Most recently, though, he was the Jacksonville Jaguars passing game coordinator. Shane Steichen, Cooter, do have some recent history together as Cooter served as an offensive consultant for Steichen with the Eagles back in 2021. Good hire? Seems like it. I mean, I know that he was down in Jacksonville this past year working with Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, that's a pretty good notch on your belt if you're Jim Bob Cooter, knowing that you helped get this team into the postseason this year and you helped help Trevor Lawrence turn his career around at a very pivotal spot. Certainly, Doug Peterson deserves the bulk of that credit. But, you know, we heard what going on in Indianapolis. We heard from Jim Irsay whether you wanted to or not last week based on what this team wants to do, and they're going after a quarterback. They're not going the veteran route. They are going to draft somebody. So have as many reinforcements in there as you can to try to help draft and develop that guy so it can finally stick at that position in Indy. Yeah, and again, with Jim Bob Cooter kind of having some pressure taken off of him, maybe because Steichen presumably going to be the one calling the plays for the Colts, so that should be a nice spot for him to land. Finally, before we get out of here, the Battle Hawks of the XFL. If you happen to miss this, they had an incredible comeback, scored a touchdown with 125 remaining. They elected to go for three. Yes, you can have a three-point conversion from the 10-yard line in the XFL, and instead of onside kicks, if you're not aware of this, 
They just have a play from their own 25 that's considered a 4th and 15. You convert that, you keep the drive going. They're able to march the ball down the field with A.J. McCarron at quarterback. He hits Ricky Pearl's kid, who's also a coach, for the Battle Hawks team for a game-winning touchdown with 16 seconds to go. Lots of action, lots of scoring. To me, Courtney, this is what spring football should be. Quirkiness, some different rules, and it ends up in some exciting football. You know, I'd love to see a three-point conversion translate to the NFL. I'd love to see some of the rules changes in overall officiating and how transparent they have been in the booth. Dean Blandino, who is the VP of officiating and rules for the XFL, it was really cool to watch him go through the replay during the Saturday XFL slate and relay what he was seeing to the officials on the field. The technology exists, people. Don't let the NFL tell you it does not. They just don't want the transparency there. But I hope that if we see this work out through an entire XFL season that the NFL might be willing to implement some of these changes. And, and that's when, if you ever watch the 30 for 30 on the XFL, some of the broadcasting things that they did that then made its way to the NFL. That's to me what the spring football leagues like the XFL are all about. Potentially getting some new rules or some different presentation into the NFL. Coming up next, Joe and Amber. This has been Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.